0: Welcome back to Below Average Gaming. It's that time of year where everyone who's ever played League of Legends gets tricked into thinking it's going to be a good idea to go back and play solo queue because worlds makes you forget how awful the community
1: around that game is. I'm Michael. I'm here with Josh. How's it going today? So you've explained to me why I've had five people go AFK in my last six ranked games. Thanks, man. I I didn't even think about that. And now I'm shook. (laughs)
0: No, it it always happens. League, the League community sucks. Solo queue is like one of the worst experiences. And then Worlds comes around and you're like, this game looks like so much fun. Let's go play solo queue.
1: I've gotten baited by Riot into playing the game again. I I have to rethink my life now.
0: To be fair, Clash is great.
1: Yeah, Clash is great. Playing playing five teams is fun. Playing with
0: five people is great. God damn
1: solo queue is bad. That that game is structured to play by yourself, supposedly. It's definitely a lot better with five people. Playing Clash as five people has been great, but yeah, solo queue is painful. It makes me want to gouge my eyes out with a fork.
0: Anyway, <laughs> so yeah, League, we haven't talked about it much. I know it's come out like in passing, but obviously we've both played it for a really long time. It's true. I I started, I made my account in 2011. Started playing around that time. Played until probably I hit, like, I think it was level 20. And then took a break until I got the group of people that we play with now, like, maxing them into it in 2013.
1: Yeah, I started around, I think, in about, like, early 2012. I was, like, you know, drinking a lot back then. So, I know I started somewhere around the, uh, the Hecarim age. In between, like, Hecarim and Darius getting released, I'm pretty sure. But, you know, I've definitely, like, had a lot of very small periodic breaks. It's only been recently since we've been friends that I've decided to start playing some more. Because now that we have a Fives team, it's actually fun. So.
0: Yeah. And I think that that's the big thing for me. Because I took took a break for the majority of this year. Because I didn't play from, like, March till August. I want to say something like that,
1: which was good though. I think a good mental break was very good for you at the time. I think you need to stop, just like with me and Magic, and not playing anymore. Like I literally uninstalled all Magic the Gathering programs from my computer since we last recorded. So
0: that that seems good for you.
1: I put my installs where my mouth is. <laughs> just this game sucks right now. Uninstall.
0: <laughs> yeah, but I took a break for a lot of this year and but being back and playing with like groups of five and actually like clash and stuff like that is a ton of fun and i occasionally wind up playing solo or duo queue but every time i do i just regret it immediately
1: (laughs) yeah it's not worth the pain
0: i i i feel like solo queue has to be the worst it's ever been right now and that's completely anecdotal i could be 100 percent wrong but just the way that the game's designed right now I think makes solo queue feel extra bad because counterpicks are really important right now which makes top lane specifically really bad in like some situations around like mid and bot as well but also because the game simultaneously feels like there's more teamwork to it in solo queue like it's harder to solo carry but also having one fed member is so relevant it feels like games are just so coin flippy and like fifty to sixty percent of games, you're like a super minor factor in it. And I know like you obviously can't impact it, but
1: Yeah, it is very difficult. As somebody who is kind of flip flopping between mid and eighty carry right now, I I prefer playing eighty carry right now over mid. I know for our team I've been playing mid a little bit more. And it just feels like you can go even in your lane and it's not good enough in solo queue. Like you can't go even. You have to get ahead, which also makes it much more likely that you also get behind if the person's just better than you and you don't assess their skill level properly, which has always been my weakness with League this, this year, has been not properly giving my opponent respect. Like, there needs to be a little bit of a give and take there because I tend to lose really hard or win really hard. I don't have a lot of middle ground. And I think playing mid the other day when we were doing Clash... And picking set and, and then I got stuck with Oriana, and learning to be humble and stand there and just not do anything, knowing <laughs> and just like rely on my team to sit there and be like, she hit me three times. I'm going to go stand by my tower. I'm going to regen for two seconds here. Okay, I'm going to go back out, take a minion, get hit by her again, walk back to my tower. I think that was a really good experience and I found League a little bit more enjoyable since then. But definitely with solo QIs, it's hard to kind of get... Get an advantage by yourself in mid and rely on your team to not die. Cause it's like if your jungler gets behind, your top lane gets behind, your bot lane gets behind, just the snowball aspect from other lanes really kind of crushes my enjoyment of solo queue right now. It's like you can do everything right in a team way and lose right now in solo queue. It's a lot harder to play properly in quotes and win. You just kinda need to snowball and hope that you get ahead early.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I do think that solo queue is really bad right now.
1: Uh I think that Clash
0: really revitalized that game, at least for me. I think if Clash didn't exist, I would not be playing that game right now. And I probably would have stopped playing late last year and just dropped it and been on to different things. But Clash just makes me want like I, I love Clash. I want Clash to stick around, but can I just get ranked teams? Can I actually just get like ranked teams queue back?
1: That would be really cool.
0: Like, Ranked Flex is supposed to take its spot, but Ranked Flex doesn't really, in my opinion, just because, like, you can switch people in and out, and, like, ranks are so weird because you aren't actually ranking as a team, and then, like, sometimes you'll get a 3 and a 2, and when you're a 5-man into a 3 and a 2, either you're getting hard skill checked, like you're just worse than your laner, or they just lose because it's a 5-man versus a 3 and a 2.
1: Yeah, I think having a team ranked that you could like actually build up and like you all have to be on there. Maybe you could have like two to three subs on your team, but they're all locked. Would That would be really cool. I would actually really like that. Was that used to be a thing? Yeah, it used to be a thing. Ranked teams was
0: prior to FlexQ or prior, prior to team builder and then FlexQ. Before those happened, you used to have solo duo and then um Ranked teams, and then when they tried Team Builder, they amalgamated everything into one lobby. And then when Team Builder crashed and burnt, they gave us role select in solo duo, and then ranked flex.
1: Okay, yeah, I didn't even know there was one. It's probably when I wasn't really playing with anybody at the time, I'm just kind of playing by myself mostly. That might have been during, was that during the Jin era when he first came out around that time period? I'm not I sure. I don't remember.
0: But I know that it used to be a thing, and I wish that it was now, because it's just it's definitely the way I enjoy playing that game most, and Yeah. I don't know.
1: Well, for a while there for me at league, the only way I enjoyed playing was just picking Gen over and over and over again. And then I got really bad at everything else because uh you get really used to only shooting four bullets at the same I mean, speed every game.
0: I mean, you played with me when I was on my Nivea kick, right? <laughs>
1: Articuno is best league Pokemon
0: I did not know I could play a single champion that much
1: Just, it's good Drink the Kool-Aid And then it gets banned And then you get sad
0: Yeah, for the first year and a half of Clash Or however long it was I got Anivia bans every game without fail
1: I would still like to say You all are welcome for the random Master Yi bans that we get (laughs) They just, like, we get one ban all the time that, like, doesn't matter. We're like, neat, we're not gonna play it in clash, you weirdos.
0: <laughs> also, I just, like, I don't understand why the yee bands are on that list at this point, but whatever, <laughs> like...
1: I don't know, it's weird. I understand the win rate's really high, but I also just only play it in solo queue in certain situations. It's, like, it's so situational, it's not a good team pick, it's just a solo queue pick. You know, in the middle of the night, you've had a few Red Bulls, and you're like, I just want to press Q as fast as I can, man. Oh, people.
0: So, anyway, moving on. Worlds is on right now. And we we watched semifinals this morning, the second round, so we know that the finals is going to be Sun- uh, Suning versus Damwon. And I think that competitive league is in a really good spot right now. I know some people aren't liking the, like, carry jungler meta that's forming at Worlds from, like, a viewer perspective. But I actually think it's really good. I really enjoy watching it. And I think League has just been in an incredible spectator position since, like, season 7 or 8 for the past, like, 3 or 4 years.
1: Yeah. As somebody who... I've always, like, watched Competitive League, but I haven't, like, got into it. You know, I'm almost like that, like casual viewer for like a sport kind of a thing. I've really found that they've done a good job production quality wise, letting people follow along really well. And that's just the whole the whole package I feel is really good right now. I think there's only one region that I'm not like super into their commentating, which is kinda sad, but like for example, like the LEC team I think is like just been insanely good. Like That region really feels like they've taken League and they're trying to make it an esport that reaches past the people that play the game by having good marketing, interesting stuff going on. So, no, I think it's been really good.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I think when you get into, like, the inter-region discussion, like, there's some regions that I think do it better than others. I think watching, like, for a big chunk of this year, you couldn't really even watch LPL as a English viewer just because they didn't have an English broadcast for a big chunk. And LPL also plays so many games, and to my understanding, not all of them are actually English broadcast. So, you can't actually follow it, but I don't know. I, I watched I watched the playoffs from all regions this year, and I watched like the highlight games from LCK, LPL, LEC, and LCS. So, I mean, it, I, I enjoyed Competitive League a ton this year. I think that some regions, their, the actual regional games weren't that great. I didn't enjoy LCS that much this year because there's just such a massive discrepancy between teams, I thought. That, like, your bottom-of-the-pack teams are so much worse than your top couple. And even within, like, the top few, so often games in LCS feel like they're, like, non-games. Where, like, Bjergsen can just blind-pick Zillion and the enemy laner isn't good enough to punish, so the game just ends.
1: Yeah, I do think LCS, as... As a whole, the team quality needs to go up a bit. And it shows too at Worlds this year where there was just... We sent our best teams from LCS out to Worlds. And they got dominated against the other top teams from other regions. And it wasn't particularly close. Like, if one of your top LCS teams sixes at Worlds, it just really shows your region kind of needs to be built up a bit. And it's just... There's such a high ceiling and a low floor when it comes to League of Legends skill. And if you're dominating your league, like somebody like Liquid, who dominates the region, gets to Worlds, and then gets, like, knocked out pretty easily during the games they got knocked out in. I mean, yeah, Liquid actually... Liquid is the one team
0: that I think, as an NA fan, you should look at with hope. Just because they, they looked really good week two. And if they hadn't inted their game into Machi, like if they hadn't just thrown away a game to Machi, they got a tiebreaker to get out. So on that front, like I don't think faulting Liquid this year is that bad, especially considering like they did have a rookie in tactical playing on the roster and like he performed fairly well. And I just think the real one to look at as like a really risky thing is TSM because Everything that they could do in NA and got away with in NA got completely exploited on the world stage, and like when that's the case, I think you have to really look at things. And like, they they got away with everything they did at Worlds in the regular season, and even though like it was a carry jungle meta, and their jungler looked better on the world stage than he did in the LCS, and they still couldn't get any wins.
1: Yeah, and I think what happens is when you have a a region that has such a large skill disparity between all the teams, you get bad habits. And it's like a very common thing that can happen in any game, is if you're playing against people that are worse than you constantly, you don't get better. So you get bad habits. And like you said, like the way that they played in LCS got exploited at Worlds and they got dominated. And it's one of those things, when if you have a professional league and you get to Worlds, you're supposed to like have a certain caliber of play to you. And getting 06 just tells me you don't have that caliber of play to you. That you just like, we're in the weakest region. You got out. Good for you. But as soon as you play against actual high skill level people, you get dominated because you're not paying attention to what else is going around. You're just playing around your region. And yeah, I think Team Liquid does play right now with their current coaching staff too and their players like a world's team. They don't play like an LCS team. So yeah, I think they did really good. It just, it is tough because you can't afford to throw away games, you know, in League of Legends because there's a large thing where people get tilted. They just, their mind isn't there. They make bad decisions in the next draft or say like a team has some kind of wonky draft and then they run it back I kind of like the fact that in competitive play, that if you do something weird and off-meta and then run it back, usually the people that run it back lose the run-it-back game because there's counterplay in League of Legends. There's counter picks. There's counterplay despite picks. And I I really like that about competitive league right now. It's one of those things that I think was missing for a little bit when you just see the same, same champions picked every single game. I'm not talking like the same 20, like the same 12. Because there was just like there 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 was a lot of league earlier on. There was just a lot of hard banning. Like these ten champions are always banned, and then these ten are always picked. There's a little bit more diversity. There's a little bit more back and forth and counterplay, which has been really nice.
0: Yeah, and I think I think when you look at like LPL, LCK, and LEC, which I do think get this a little bit better. With it, they have, I think there's just a little bit higher of caliber of player in, like, top and mid specifically. Whereas, a lot of, like, mid laners in LCK and LPL are going to be willing to bring out niche counterpicks and niche things that fit what a team comp wants. And same with top laners. Whereas, it feels like in LCS, you're, it's partially that you don't necessarily, you might not think that a player can, or you just don't think that you should. Like, you're too scared of it failing. And I just think that's holding back the region a lot. But I do think that part of it is the fact that um The fact that LCS just does have that big disparity. And if you look at, like, the win rates at the end of the split, like it it looks pretty similar between LCS and LEC. But it is actually pretty sizable because when you look at how the games actually played out, you could tell that there's a pretty big gap. And yes, yeah, sometimes the top teams would lose, but generally when that happened, you can look at something that went wrong. It's like this experiment or something like that. And I think when you look at LEC, and we saw this especially this year, um, the amateur scene in Europe with uh, all the regional leagues and European masters is such a big boon. Because we had multiple LEC teams bring on rookies. We had Mad Lions, which admittedly did crash out at Worlds, but Mad Lions come in with a basically full rookie roster and come second in the region, like in the regular season. And then in the playoffs, sure, they came fourth, but it's still just like, that's really good. And that regional league advantage, the advantage of having all these teams that can have additional people to bring in, just makes such a huge difference to the region.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting just looking it up here that, like, the split between LEC and LCS from bottom, bottom to top is a little bit tighter. Like, in the LCS, had their top team had a couple more wins over the top of the top LEC team. The bottom LEC team had a few more wins than the bottom LCS team, so that is a little bit tighter skill level-wise which it is cool because you can see like one or two games difference here. And we could have had a completely different set of teams from, you know, LEC go to worlds were at LCS here. It would have had to be an insane different set of action to happen here.
0: Yeah. And I I think we saw some interesting things with worlds this year. Um, I think that first off, like worlds broadcast was absolutely incredible or has been incredible due to like COVID restrictions. Like, they have done an incredible job at keeping everything running pretty smoothly when you're running casting teams on multiple continents and your after show is in NA digitally and a lot of your analyst segments are in Europe. It's just, it's been very impressive that they have been able to get that off going fairly well. But it also has come with like the caveat of I've really missed the interregional casting duos. We haven't got any casting teams that have a color caster from one region and an analyst from another or something like that. And I think that has been a little bit of a detriment to Worlds this year just because those teams used to be one of the really enjoyable things where you had two personalities that don't necessarily normally work together come together and create like a little bit of diversity that stands it apart from your uh, regional league.
1: Yeah, I've always... the, the mixed casting is really fun. And plus, I'm pretty sure it's, you know going to be fun for the casters, too, people that don't get to see each other all the time but work in the same field. I think it also helps bring up the casting, too, because they get to learn things from each other and how to, like, you know, banter with another caster. And, yeah, I I do miss that. I miss the crowds a bit, too, but there's nothing they can do about that. I mean, there's going to be Finals is live. That's really cool. I do love the stage they have right now. It is Awesome. I was like I was a little bit skeptical at
0: first when I saw the stage like in play-ins. And then in in like quarterfinals where they actually like fully like dived into what the stage did with like the water and everything. Ooh, I like totally love it. It's been so it's been so amazing.
1: Yeah, it's really cool. And just having something dynamic that flows there too gives a little bit more life to it. Or if you just had a static background without the water or any good graphics in the background, it makes it a lot less interesting to look at. And it kind of makes up for the lack of ambient noise from having a crowd when you have something visually really cool to look at, you know? It's been very pleasing this year.
0: Yeah. And I think I think a lot of Around Worlds has been good. I think some interesting discussions have come out because we this is the first year that we've had fourth teams, fourth seeds, and... LGD looked really bad in play-ins in, like, the group stage, and then best of fives hit and they decided to turn their brains on and looked fine. So, like, LGD was a fine addition to the tournament, but Mad Lions just crashed and burned. Yeah. Which I just think, I don't think that it's a... Admittedly, like, it's a rookie roster. I think the roster accomplished great things in its first year, but the roster didn't perform well on the international stage you just have this question of should these fourth seeded teams be in there specifically from like lec and i don't think like you could you can make the argument that like lck would have had a better fourth seed but i don't even know if that's necessarily true i think the lck fourth seed probably would have done better in play-ins but i don't know if it's like a meaningful change to the tournament yeah so i think that's really interesting to look at of if these seeds will continue next year when we don't if we don't have COVID restrictions and the VCS teams are able to make it.
1: Yeah, yeah, and it, it is tough because when you go one to four in any league in any game, you take you know position one to four, and then you set them against everyone else's position one to four. The fours usually are pretty disadvantaged. There's usually a decent skill gap in any professional sport when it comes to the fourth seed. Even the third seed sometimes can be a little rough.
0: I don't know, sometimes sometimes your first seed is just your worst team, though.
1: I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> no, it's it's been cool, though. Like, there was a lot of back and forth in these games. A few things happened that I haven't expected yet from teams I didn't think were going to do well, which has been cool. I, I love... I love Fnatic. I get really worried about them tilting. It took them a while to do so this year, which has been nice i was sad to see them go though, but yeah.
0: And I think, I think the other big discussion that's come out is because we did get the triple L- LCK one side, triple LPL, the other side, people have talked a lot about like bracket formation, whether or not you need to like try and avoid inter-region brackets. Now that you have four LPL seeds at the tournament, like, cause if, if LGD had got out instead of Fnatic, you would have literally had a half of the bracket that was four LPL teams.
1: Yeah, that's a little awkward, because right now it's just randomized how this sets this whole thing up, right?
0: Yeah, so right now uh, it's randomized, but the first and second seeds from each group go on opposite sides.
1: Yeah, and maybe there needs to be a little bit more actual curation rather than randomness when it comes to setting up brackets.
0: Yeah, I mean, so some form of randomness is good, but maybe there does need to be a rule to try and minimize these region versus region battles. Because, like, the, the Damwon Dragon X series is a great example because yeah that was a series we've literally seen before it was a it was the lck finals which were cast by atlas and ls cast by atlas and ls on the world stage and dragon x didn't look like they were any better than they were and like i enjoyed the series i still watched it but there is just this interesting thing of do we need to put in a rule to avoid stuff like that happening and it's not that it's not that inter-region or it's not that inter-region matches are bad. Like some of the best best of fives are like Rocks versus SKT. Like those kind of best of fives can be really good. I think like Sunning and Top Esports, I think that was actually a good best of five today as well.
1: Yeah, those games are really good. Sunning versus Top Esports is really good today. The uh, last game was... It was something you would see in a solo queue game. Your mid laner got ahead and bad things happened. It was better than the last game from yesterday, though. <laughs> yeah, hard agree on that one. Hard agree on that one.
0: When your whole team gets outdamaged by Hell of Blades Brom, you know there's probably a problem
1: there. The support could have clapped your whole team. <laughs> I I love that, though. But Halo of Blades Brom shows, I think, a good source of you know, competitive viability right now that I really like with League is that weird stuff like Halo Blade's Brom is viable and they picked it for a reason and it did its job and it outdamaged the entire enemy team. And I think that's awesome. That's something you would not have seen years ago.
0: Yeah, of course. And I think that is something that people have become more and more open to, uh, especially with like a lot of discussion in the community this year, like something like um, Gangplank even. Gangplank, people started to accept Leandre's as a third item, which is something that people like heavily joked about, and it was kind of a meme, but people kind of took a look at it and were willing to be like, okay, this is actually good. And I think the community is becoming more receptive to that kind of outside-of-the-box thinking when it actually winds up being reasonable. And like we saw the, uh, the Vel'Koz counterpick to Orianna at Worlds this year, and admittedly it didn't win, but people are becoming more and more willing to try that, which is a good thing for League in the long run, I think, at least at a competitive level.
1: It definitely is. It's less about like OP picks and more about counterplay, which when it's just about OP picks and that's all it is and there is no counterplay, the game suffers greatly, I think.
0: Yeah, so on on the topic of different games here, did you have a game that you would say was your favorite game of worlds so far?
1: Favorite game of World so far. Um,
0: obviously we haven't seen finals yet, but do you have a game that you would be like, this game was my favorite? Because I have an answer to this, and my answer is kind of weird. <laughs> okay, hit me. I want to know yours. Okay, so my favorite game from World so far, and this is where like when I view League, I accept that I'm not necessarily the norm. My favorite game of League didn't have a kill until after 24 minutes
1: oh that game
0: uh so there was a game between uh DRX and top eSports in groups uh the one from uh, the their second round robin game so it was the la- it was their last game played in this group where you got this kindred into graves jungle matchup. And the first, like, 15 to 20 minutes of the game were both teams jockeying for position around Kindred Marks. It was the weirdest thing I've ever seen, and I loved it. Because the whole team from both sides was committing to try and fight over these Kindred Marks. There was a 5v5 fight over a Gromp at one point in this game. That's just...
1: That's just good stuff right there.
0: <laughs> and like, this game didn't have a single kill until twenty-four minutes, after twenty-four minutes, but those twenty-four minutes were also super intense because it was constantly encounter over fight over the thing. There were points where the where the kindred would try to like make a play, and so the mid laner would go farm the raptor camp that had the mark on it to make sure she couldn't get it later.
1: Yeah. Like Stuff like that is just like what makes professional League of Legends professional League of Legends to me. It's just these things that would not come up unless it was professional people playing it or very, very high skill leveled 5v5 teams. And that's what I really like about League as a professional sport is that we get games like that where if you're a casual player, this will never happen. In your game, it'll never happen. But... When you watch these people that are so good and that's their job, they they show you why it's their job. And they've earned it. And it's awesome. So, I do have my favorite game. I'm glad you went first to so give me a second to confirm this. My favorite game is the first game with top esports and Fnatic. Okay, okay. Because Singed in Orn is awesome. The singed picket worlds, and it was good, is fantastic. And because sometimes you like to play yourself some singe to counterpick people and make them have a terrible day, I was just like, oh yeah. And it was just That game was great. It was just a very hype moment, too, to see somebody like Fnatic, it's from the LEC, take down one of these giant teams like Top Esports. Mm-hmm. And that game wasn't like It wasn't particularly long, it was over around like the 32-33 minute mark, and it just was a very clean looking, very good game, Reckless was on Xenna, and got super fed, we had this singe that was doing a very niche thing, but it was a really good thing, and he was very good at it.
0: Yeah, and this was, I think this series really stands out, and I really like this series, Um, from like an overarching perspective, because normally when you have someone like 369, someone like this, or not 369, but Toppy Sports, like this tournament favorite, like they, coming into the tournament, they were supposed to be the best. They were one of the ones favored to win it, them and Damwon. And yeah, they've been knocked out now, but they made it through groups. They came first in their group. Everything kind of went according to plan. And then you get this matchup, and it's like, it's first seed LPL tournament favorite against second seed LEC, right? And it's just like, Everyone expects Top Esports to win this series, and Top Esports is like, it's probably going to be 3-1, maybe 3-0, but the difference I found with this series compared to what it normally is, is normally when the Top Team, when this tournament favorite team loses, it's due to them doing something wrong. It's, like, due to, like, a massive mistake or a massive misread on the meta or something like that. And to me, this series didn't feel like that was it. Sure, Yuyanja did kind of get exploited in the first two games. It did happen. It's a rookie on the world stage. He's playing, he played pretty well today. But, like, it definitely is, like, he did get exploited a little bit. But a lot of this was Fnatic actually coming and actually sticking it to the level of top and being like, we can play at this level. And not just getting rolled over, which I thought was really cool to see. Because normally a series like this, if top, if top drops a game, you're just expecting it to be due to them shitting the bed.
1: Yeah, and in this series game 5 too, going into game 5, I think these were the ones we were watching at the same time. And during this draft, when we both saw this TF pick on Fnatic side, we knew this game was over. And, like, a little bit of adjustment. and I think they really could have had this game. Like, at no point did I think Fnatic were 100% locked out of this until this last draft, which could have been done a little bit differently, and I think this series would have been a little bit closer. But, saying a little bit closer is, like, very thin margin, because it's still Game 5. It's still one of the best teams in the world against one of the best teams in the world. And, unfortunately, Fnatic has done that thing with one of their drafts, which I wish would stop where they don't give themselves the best chance to win from their draft. And it's obviously really hard. This is like, I think, one of the hardest things about League is doing a good draft. Like like there's so many interlocking parts, and I think a tiny bit of adjustment this game could have been won. But at the same time, they still fought like hell. And it didn't feel like a skill thing.
0: Yeah, I, I think the game that really stands out to me from this series, like, draft-wise, is actually game three. Where I think that Fnatic was... Like, it kind of showed that Fnatic was, in some ways, underprepared for this series. At least from, like, a jungle perspective. Because, like, Graves gets banned. Kindred gets banned. Uh, set's banned. I don't know if Selfmade actually plays it. And then Leeson gets picked. And you're given this fifth pick jungler you can pick your jungler here and you pick kha'zix and i just i think this was a situation where like this just showed like i don't think Fnatic knew what they wanted here and just like kind of got lost and wound up with a kha'zix and then this kha'zix unfortunately didn't really have the capability to get through this game especially when you're putting so much in self-made as he's been your carry the majority of the tournament I don't think that like this draft putting him on the Cossacks was the best decision like was the best thing to do and I think this game like to me I looked at this and this felt like it was a this draft is I, I think like I actually like the Vel'Koz into Oriana counter pick. counterpick I think that it's had a bad rep. It hasn't done too well, but I think it is a good counter pick. I think it is very good, but I just don't understand the upside of this Kha'Zix pick. And to me, like I look at this and it must just be like Nidalee still available here. So self-made you assume can't play Nidalee. Okay. That's fine. But then there's just, I, I just, I don't know. I don't know what this pick is supposed to accomplish. And this is just doing the thing where you're making the game so much harder for you to win.
1: Yeah. It is. I don't understand why they didn't just pick that Hecarim there hovering. So, it's so far into the game before Selfmade actually decides to do anything on the map. Because he can't.
0: Cause what he does he can't. do on the map in this game? Like, you, you, you have Karma Ezreal that you can never gank. You're like debatably even sometimes losing the 1v1 to the Leeson, You can't gank a Scion as Kha'Zix, and Orion is just gonna play safe because you already have a mid laner that should have push pressure on her. Like, this Kha'Zix just, to me, doesn't make sense. And even in this draft, like, you have... So, in this game, you won a game with the Senna through their count, through whatever they wanted to play. And then you won a game against the Senna so like the, the, this upcoming meta in this series of in the series of Senna and like the Ash or the whatever response you want is there, and then you have the Senna available, and you just decide to pick Jin, and like totally change up your strategy.
1: Yeah, which I don't, I don't like that, and it's just like if you're gonna sit there and you're gonna put yourself in a place where self made isn't gonna have an impact on the game. As somebody who also loves Hecarim, I feel like. You could just farm with these lanes and you can't gank better on Hecarim and you still might have a good chance to get some good counter ganks off at some point with this Hecarim than you can with this Kha'Zix. It's like, what is Kha'Zix doing into this lineup at all? At any point in this game, you can't kill anybody on the enemy team 1v1 straight up. I want to double check. I'm pretty sure that this was a fifth pick Kha'zix, right? It was fifth pick. I have I have it checked. They got their jungler pick last. They hovered Hecarim and then switched it to Kha'zix.
0: Like, I don't even, like, looking at this, I don't even necessarily think that the Hecarim is great. But, like, the Hecarim can at least hard farm and then have an impact. Whereas this Kha'zix is just locked into, like, you you can never snowball this Kha'zix. And I think like I think I think a lot can be said for top esports as well, because they did adapt to they were getting bot gapped. Reckless and hilly saying we're playing better than Yonja and Jackie Love, so they correctly addressed that and put them on Ezreal Karma, a lane that just can't die. So like that could be said something, but I just I don't I think that this Fanatic draft showed a little bit of lack of preparation, but still, like this series for this team. As someone who has been a Fanatic fan for a really long time, this series they looked really good in. It it made me happy with a roster that I've been somewhat concerned about the majority of the year.
1: Yeah, and this too, like, like we said, it's not it's not that the players have a problem. It's just this this pick was bad. They made they made a mistake in the in the fifth game. They're still a very, very good team. They obviously have a like, very good lineup of players right now, and they can go far. They can probably go farther even next year. I would not doubt it if we got them to semifinals next year. Because I think this is a lesson that you learn quickly. And I really hope they take it to heart, you know? I think this is something where like a lot of people don't like the draft talk.
0: Like A lot of people get upset when you talk about draft because... Obviously, how you play in-games matters, but we've all had that experience where you get into a game, and it's just like, you're playing, like, you're you're your mid-laner or whatever. Sure, sure, say you pick this Kha'Zix in your solo queue game, and then you just hit this point in mid-game where you can feel the fact that you have no opportunities to do anything. And, like, yes, how you play in-games matters, but... Picking like the, these kind of thi- these kind of draft mistakes and draft decisions do put you at a disadvantage, which is not the same as saying they lost you the game. You can still win with them, but your goal with draft should be able to make it the easiest possible for you to win. And I don't think this that
1: that game three draft did that. No, when you pick Kha'Zix into two people who have a shield, one tank, an eighty carry who's one of the safest, safer carries in a game, and Sin who can kick you away when you get anywhere near his teams. You're just not setting yourself up to win a game. You have, you were counterpicked five times as a jungler here for picking Kha'Zix. All, there are five people on this team that have some kind of either health pool, item build, or mechanic to get away from you. You're never killing anybody. And I think that is one of those things that really does speak to how important drafting is. If drafting wasn't important in league, it would not be a good professional game. And this shows perfectly why this is a good professional game and why I think League could really push more forward, to into mainstream, more or less, uh, viewership. Because stuff like this just doesn't happen in other sports. There isn't sports where you have drafts at the beginning of a game, where there's so much dynamic stuff going on.
0: No, and, and I, I agree. As someone, when I was a kid, I played a lot of sports. Like I played soccer, I played baseball, I played like I played sports, but I could never get into watching them. There is a level of depth of in league that I don't think is found from other things. And I think I think there's a couple video games that do stand out in the esports category. Uh, the two that I actually really enjoy watching are League and Rocket League. I actually think Rocket League as a professional sport is incredible. Um and then there are obviously like some exceptions like I'll watch the occasional like CS:GO or Valorant that kind of stuff or um something like StarCraft but I think the ones that are able to trend towards more of that mainstream thing is League. I think League of Legends is the premier esport right now and I think that it should be. I think that it is the best spectator viewing game right now. Obviously, esports do have that issue of there is a a base level of knowledge that's required. If, you're, if, if you don't know basketball and you watch basketball, you're told the goal is to get the ball into the hoop. And that's pretty straightforward. But if you tried to watch a game of League blind and were told the goal is to destroy the enemy Nexus, you still wouldn't really know what's going on, which does have an issue. Like there, there is like that barrier to entry. But even this year, uh, ESPN aired the LCS finals in spring.
1: Yeah, which is really cool
0: and And I think that the the viewership for league is gonna to continue to grow just because they are doing a lot of things to make the game very good for viewership,
1: and the sponsorships are getting a little funny though, which I don't mind, like a lot of sports have a lot of sponsorships, obviously they're they're needed to generate revenue. It's just the fact that they're also able to make fun of it a little bit has made the sponsorships funny. There was, there was one there was one game this year, I can't remember which one at World, where they just, like, they're talking about, like, he got the Red Bull Baron, look at that, he's going down the Mercedes mid lane and just started, like, rattling off all the sponsorships. So they're very aware that they're very sponsored right now, but it's still, I don't think it's as bad as other sports are, and at least they are having fun. Like, even today, like, say, um, today when the camera froze during a game, And the announcer started, like, casting the game by sound effect. And the fact is, if you, like, I was sitting there listening to it, and I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, that is Orin's alt. You know, like, it was, like, that's amazing. Like, these casters have do such a good job covering even if something does go wrong. Which, with COVID and everything, I'm sure the logistics of putting everything together is just a nightmare still. But it doesn't feel like it's any worse than any other year. Which is incredible, and these casters are amazing. Like a lot of announcers and casters from other games, I don't like them, and that really kind of turns me off. League of Legends has the best like casters slash announcers, I think, of any any sport at all. Like out of everywhere, League is amazing. Captain Flowers is just like, oh my gosh, Captain Flowers. When like I might like, have an tired day. And then I hear that man's voice. And then he starts basically rapping what's happening because he's talking so fast. It's just incredible. Yeah, I think just League as a viewership sport, if you're looking for something to watch more, you should be watching it. If you want something fun to watch. It's just a very, very hype thing. They're very fair to everyone, but they have good criticism, too, at the same time. For teams, you learn a lot. I think it makes you better at the game. Too, by like a long ways. We're watching a lot of other sports. I don't think actually make you any better at them. Like watching soccer, base, baseball, basketball, football. Like none of that really makes you that much better at those games, you know. But watching league can make you better without playing, which is also really cool.
0: Well, it's why for a lot of the part, like I didn't play the game for six months and wasn't that bad when I came back.
1: No, because you were watching. Yeah. And
0: yeah, I, I think I just I don't know. As someone who I've never really been a super big sports fan, League really stands out to me. And I, I think it I think it is the best spectator game. And I think they do a really good job, and I think everything they've done with it to make that better has been better. I do think the sponsorships are interesting. Cause well, I don't mind them. And this might just be something of I haven't watched a lot of normal sports, but like stuff like the Mercedes Drive to Victory. And like all that stuff, like, I get the sponsors, but it feels awkward. And like, I don't know how like how normal like normal sports manage their sponsors, like if they have stuff like Red Bull Bar- Red Bull Baron Power Play or whatever it is. Like if those actually exist in other sports. I just don't know. But I also think that I, I think that an area that would be a possible sponsor that's able to do is like In something like baseball or hockey, you actually sell sponsorship slots on your arena. And I think we've seen the start of that on Summoner's Rift, where they've actually done, like, the MasterCard banners and stuff like that. And I think that's something that will grow more, because I think that's something that doesn't bug the viewers as much.
1: I think those are fine as long as they don't appear in play- like in-game client to the players. I think you yes. can't go anywhere past where we are now if the people playing the game can see them. I agree. You have to make sure those are disabled.
0: But my thing is with the with like the thing. Do you do you remember? I think I want to say it was MasterCard. I might be wrong. But when they put the banner on the outside of the base walls. Yes. And like stuff like that, like you can sell those spots and you're playing on Tournament Realm, it's fine. I don't think they should go to live, I don't think they should be on the live game, but those are a way of, like, advertising and selling advertisement that I don't think has the biggest negative impact to the viewing
1: experience. On the outside of the bases during Worlds, have you noticed the Alienware banners? Because they're grey. Are they up there again? I, ha- I haven't paid enough attention. Yeah, they were there for Top Esports vs. Fnatic. I brought up the video to check the picks. And I see that they're on there. They're so unintrusive because they're gray. But I also didn't notice. I actually like that
0: kind of advertisement I really like. I think is a good way for them to go.
1: Yeah, I don't mind the Red Bull Baron power play that much. Um, if everything starts having a label outside of Baron, like if it becomes like something to do with Dragon, like the Miller Draft Dragon, then I'm gonna be like, okay, can you not? Baron's so infrequent that the Red Bull Baron thing doesn't bother me, but if you start doing it to everything, then it's gonna annoy me. Like the like the Twizzler Tower, you know? I don't want any kind of alliteration with towers going on. Yeah, no,
0: I I, to- I totally agree with you on that front because I I think that's the risk. Like Red Bull Baron Power Play, like it sounds awkward, and I'm sure it's a mouthful for the casters. But at the end of the day, it happens maybe once or twice a game. Like, that's fine. Mm. And, like, the Mercedes drive to victory and like, the post game and stuff like that feels forced. But, again, like, doesn't really have a massive impact. But if they continue with, like, this style of advertising, I'm worried that it intrudes onto the viewing experience too much. Which is why I'm just saying, like, if there is a different way, if there are other things to do, I think it might be better. And even stuff like the State Farm Analyst desk. Like... I'm wondering if there's a way to be able to draw back on the things you say and have them actually displayed more. Because I think that impacts the viewing experience less, if that makes sense.
1: That does make sense. And it is nice, though, that the fact that we don't have heavy-laden commercials amid games. I'm going to give League that, though. I remember... um... Do you, did you
0: watch the LCS finals in spring when they were being broadcast on ESPN?
1: No, because I don't really watch TV. I watched them... No, 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 no. I
0: mean, did you watch them, like, on YouTube while they were being broadcast on ESPN?
1: Yes. Didn't they go to
0: commercial during a game? Uh, so, what was happening is you would... The ESPN viewers would get off commercial at the start of pick ban. Okay. You would go through the ban phase... And the first three picks, and then they would go back to commercial, miss the end of draft, and come back at the start of the game. And then they would be on commercial for the
1: analyst desk segment. Ugh. That is awful. Like, that is the worst.
0: <laughs> like, can we address the fact of how lucky we are
1: to be able to watch things in the era of streaming? It's so much better. Like, as somebody who, like, I used to watch baseball a ton, growing up and the amount of downtime just watching baseball on tv is so much more than just league because league is just like the only downtime you have is in between games where if you're watching something like baseball like when you switch offense defense and then in between innings the seventh inning stretch is extra long but have have you played baseball though
0: it's not like baseball when you play it doesn't have breaks
1: Oh, there's so many breaks. I I played baseball and was on a winning team for two years. We like lost like one or two games in two years and I hated it because it was boring.
0: (laughs) Baseball, baseball is fine from the ages of like six to nine years old. And then being a professional baseball player and baseball as a teenager is awful because when you're, when you're like young and people are learning to pitch, people can't pitch so you just get walk after walk after walk, and the game nothing ever happens. And then you hit the point where the pitchers are too good, and you just get strikeouts, and nothing happens. Like, okay, just ranting on baseball for a second here. Can we address that a perfect game of baseball for a team means nothing happens?
1: Yeah, perfect game, perfect life, nothing happened. Perfect. A perfect game of baseball has nothing happen in it. That's when you know you've had yourself a good game of baseball. Nothing happened. <laughs> like your perfect game of baseball is your
0: pitcher striking out every single batter, and the game like nothing happens in the game. I had a, I have a controversial. You play catch. You play catch for nine innings.
1: <laughs> I had a I have a controversial, um, idea for soccer because that was the big one I used to play right. I think soccer is really interesting if you're playing it and towel, you get a full length field and you get to the point where you're like pretty good at it because the game slows down a bunch. I think we should shrink soccer fields by 25%. Hmm. Same amount of players, smaller field, more action, baby. I can get
0: behind this. Professional behind soccer this.
1: somehow is more boring than baseball. Perfect games.
0: I mean, w- w- wait, wait, wait. What about football? Where between every ten seconds of action, you have five minutes of setup.
1: Football is f- football is a turn-based strategy game. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't mind watching football because we get this we get this thing where we're just like, okay, it's our turn now. I'm going to look here. I'm going to position these pieces here and these pieces here. And then we're going to do our play. And I actually don't mind watching football because it's just, you know, it's just a turn-based strategy game, man. It's fun. It's Final Fantasy Tactics, but football. How am I supposed to complain? <laughs> but we, we both
0: know the real the real viewership sport is curling, right?
1: Curling, but only if the players have caked on makeup. <laughs> we learned this Makeup girl that one time was amazing <laughs> Don't even
0: <laughs> No I, I I do think I do think that the fact that The majority of like esports are streamed Without commercial breaks does add Something to a lot of it and I think that If you want to like extend your commercial Breaks in between games and actually Run more ads there I think that's another option
1: Yeah Uh, I just, if, if League stays with no commercials between pick ban and playing through all the way through the game, I'm going to be happy. The second I see a commercial in between anything, I'm going to get depressed. I want you to know that.
0: Well, like, the thing is, is like, I, I think that League will never put commercials in game. I don't think League will ever do that. Um, I could see us getting like a 30 second commercial between pick ban and game start just because there is already a minor break in there.
1: I could see there being a commercial. I want it to be quick though, like you said, thirty seconds or yes. less.
0: Yeah, like thirty. Like it can't be like a three-minute commercial. No, but you can put a single commercial in there. Also, if you're selling advertisement, that's like primetime advertisement slot. Yeah, because and- people will get up and go get snacks in between games. No one's gonna leave between pick ban and game start.
1: You know, it's a prime position to put in an ad for skip to dishes in between the game and pick ban. Ooh,
0: ooh, there we go. Yeah.
1: I just don't want to see Matthew McConaughey driving around in his stupid Lincoln in between Pick Ban and the game being played. Like, make it a relevant commercial. Red Bull's a great sponsor. We're all a bunch of addicts that are trying not to do hardcore drugs, we're just trying to drink Red Bull. So this is perfect.
0: Well even even like even like the MasterCard advert. Like
1: You gotta buy it's fine. You gotta buy points in game somehow, man.
0: Also, like as much as I think the Kia sponsorship in LEC is weird, damn their ads have been top notch.
1: <laughs> and that's the thing. If you make interesting ads and you're actually using members of the casting team to make ads, I think that's awesome. Like you cause then you can goof around with it, right? That is the difference I think between the advertising here and the advertising elsewhere is that when the franchise that's accepting your advertisement gets to be involved with making some of these advertisements and how they spin the advertising, I think it makes it better.
0: I think you also have a higher return on your advertisement. Oh yeah. I think that like something like the LEC where they're actually doing a lot of adverts for uh, like Kia. Cause like, do you remember the Kia advert that actually like is like super enriched with a whole bunch of league stuff and Quickshot is the main character. Do you know the advert I'm talking about? Yes. Like, that ad is so good. And your your return on that ad is probably so much higher than a generic Kia ad. Because it's made with this team. And it's the same thing when, like, for, like, talk shows and stuff. When you have, like, a podcaster, or, uh, like, uh, like, a YouTube talk show or something like that. And you give an advert. A lot of the times the podcaster or the host will take and put their own spin on it. Mm-hmm. Which will oftentimes make the advert have a greater impact on the listener because if someone's listening to that show they like the host they like who they're listening to so if that person has some amount of control and some amount of influence on the ad itself obviously still within whatever you want like still has all the stuff that needs to be in there it actually has a greater impact and i think that's where like stuff for i I don't know how much like riot on a world stage can do this but lec has definitely embraced that
1: yeah, there are definitely a, tons of adverts in podcasts that I find hilarious. Like, um, and then there's, there's a lot of YouTubers too that do that, that like have adverts for their channels, but they get to like play with it a bit and they make them interesting. And that's the same thing the LEC does is they make it very interesting when they have adverts. So I think if we, if we stay in line with how advertising is going now, we don't go any more pushy towards it. I think... Leagues and still be very watchable and not get annoying with some of the adverts. But, no, I think all in all, Professional League right now is in a really good place. I've been really enjoying watching it. I've been enjoying playing League now, especially because I started to, you know, actually listen to you when you talk to me about stuff.
0: Hey, I can't play the game myself, but I know
1: what to do when. (laughs) And it's been helpful. You've made me a better man. Yeah, do you have much else you want to get at?
0: No, I think that touched on a lot of it. I think that League League has its issues. And League is a great game, but you have to play it the right way. And so many people don't. And the community's got so many issues right now. But if you play it right, and if you actually, like, just... if Even if you just want to watch competitively, the game's really good.
1: Yeah, I think it's really good. It's a good game to play with friends. It's a good game to watch. Right now, with Worlds coming up, I mean, uh, World Finals coming up, it's a good time to kind of jump in. You have a lot to catch up on. You can get some games in this week. I don't know. It's just, League's is so enjoyable right now, and I want more of it. Why aren't there any more games this weekend?
0: Yeah, so I I think that's going to be it for us. Oh,
1: yeah. And, of course, if you want to uh, come watch watch me int in League of Legends, you know, Pick Zed and Devil Cause and just have Boomer APM and never kill him during a Clash game because you have a hundred and two fever and maybe shouldn't be playing League of Legends right now. You can, uh, you know, hit hit me up on Twitter. Hit the podcast up on Twitter. I'll play a game with you. It's not a big deal. I might block you after you play a few games so you don't bug me every day, but I will play a few games.
0: <laughs> yeah, I feel like I feel like for Clash, I need to just start telling people no when they decide to try and pick something in in Champ Select.
1: Yeah, be be the daddy. Be our daddy. I'll call you big Paw Paw. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, I think that's gonna be it for us. Yeah. Anyway, have a good have a good week. Enjoy your enjoy your time until we're back again next week and
1: mm-hmm. I have a spicy. If you're one.
0: watching, enjoy what hopefully is a good finals that isn't gonna go
1: 3-0. I I five games. I want silver scrapes. You know, I want some be woo woo, be woo woo. We've had 3-0 finals too many years in a
0: row. We got to have something different this year.
1: (laughs) At least tease me a little bit and pretend like it's going to be close.